What's up, everyone? Welcome to The Sideline Story, featuring myself, Justin Benson. This is the first episode of The Sideline Story, new sports channel that I'm producing right about now. And I just want to thank you guys for coming along with me. This is a passion I love, sports, and this is what I'm trying to do. So, hey, I'm just going to start my YouTube channel, start a podcast. Hopefully, you know, I can get recognized somehow, some way. So, with the first episode, I'm going to do is... Uh, NBA free agency recap, just going through the off season and going through what all happened this off season, because this was a pretty insane off season. <clears throat> this is probably one of the most craziest off seasons we've had in the NBA, probably in any sports league period. And so I'm gonna go through and just recap and predict, you know, what's gonna happen for the next season with each team, each conference, and see what all is gonna happen. So first off, I'm going to start with the Western Conference because, honestly, the Western Conference is the conference that made the most moves, the conferences that's going to be the most competitive, as always. But this year has gotten better. It has gotten to where you have maybe four or five teams who can all compete for that Western Conference Finals title and all can compete for the actual NBA championship. And first, we're going to start off with my favorite team, of course, the Los Angeles Lakers. And what they did this offseason. Of course, they were in the Kawhi sweepstakes. And as everybody knows, they lost out on Kawhi, which kind of put them in kind of a bad place because they waited a little longer than they should have to, you know, sign some key free agents they probably could have gotten. But with that being said, even with waiting with Kawhi, they filled up the team pretty nicely. Of course, before the start of free agency, they traded for a deed for the um from the Pelicans. And they traded Lonzo Ball, Josh Harden, Brandon Ingram, who were losses that were sent to New Orleans, but they got AD instead. Well, while waiting on Kawhi, they split out the roster pretty good by getting people like Boogie Cousins, Danny Green, Avery Bradley, Jerry Dudley. They signed back Rondo. They signed back Javon McGee. So that's pretty good names that they brought back with their team to put alongside AD and Boogie. They were trying to get more alongside the 3 and D guys, who are people who could just shoot and don't need the ball as much. Um, they brought back KCP, which in my opinion, I, I really don't like KCP like that. He's very inconsistent. But, hey, I got to deal with it because, I mean, he can shoot the ball when he wants to. Um, if they can get about 80% left out of Boogie Cousins, he can slim down a little bit and give you, you know, like 16 and 8. Like he was on the verge of doing with the Warriors last year, then we should be pretty good. LeBron and AD, you know what you're going to get from them. You also have Kuzma, who's going to be most likely their third option this year. He's still an ascending player, so the more he grows, the more better he's going to get. And I feel like working alongside of LeBron and Anthony Davis, that would be great for him as a young player. Um, <clears throat> they also added Quinn Cook, who can be a shooter. And uh, that's pretty much it for the Lakers. I predict them being one to three seed in the Western Conference Finals. I predict them getting to the Western Conference Finals, and we'll see how that goes. But, hey, that's my prediction for them. Secondly, we have the Clippers bringing back to L.A. Uh, they added Kawhi Leonard, and they also traded for Paul George, which is actually a great move for them because they have two superstars now, two of the best wing defenders in the NBA. And they also signed back Pat Bev, who will also be a top defensive player in the NBA as well. This team has the power to be really one of the top defensive teams in the league. Um, they have three of the best defensive players in the NBA. Also, Montrez Harrell, who's a power four, who's a great defender as well. You also bring back Lou Williams, who can be great off the bench. 
one of the bad losses they took was Shea Gilgis Alexander. Unfortunately, he's a young he was a young center player for them who probably would have been a great player in the future, but they had to do what they had to do to get Paul George. I predict them being in the top three of the Western Conference Finals as well. And if it has to come, I, I want both L.A. teams to be in the Western Conference Finals. That's my prediction. I want them to both be in the Western Conference Finals. This will be a great matchup. You have two of the great NBA superstars at the Clippers in Kawhi and Paul George. And then you also have two great NBA superstars in LeBron and AD. Seeing that as a competition, that will probably be your NBA Finals champion, whoever wins that matchup. Next, we're going to go to the Rockets. And with the Rockets, breaking blockbuster, of course, they traded for West, Russell Westbrook. Um, they traded CP3, of course, which, in my opinion, I, I mean, hey, they got younger with Westbrook. They got rid of a bad contract with another bad contract. But, hey, you're getting more out of Russell Westbrook probably than you would out of CP3. Now the big question is, how will James Harden and, C, and uh, Russell Westbrook fit together on the court? You have... Two ball-dominant guards who both need the ball, of course. They both average triple-doubles. Um, Russell Westbrook, something that Chris Paul could do that Westbrook really can't do is hit knockdown shots. Russell Westbrook talk, shot 29% from the three-point line last year. And, I mean, between both of them, I mean, do you want Harden off the ball and Westbrook creating, or do you want uh, Harden creating and Westbrook off the ball? In my opinion, that's a tough challenge for Mike D'Antoni, which even with Mike D'Antoni, he's not a really – Great uh, defensive coach, so had to figure out how to work the offense as well as doing defense and getting them to, you know, trying to figure out that championship run that they will have if they want one. But the big question is in Houston is how will these two ball dominant guards fit together? Once they figure that out, hey, we'll see how the season goes. Next, I'm going to talk about the Denver Nuggets, who they brought back their guy, Jamal Murray. They signed him to an extension. They also added Jeremy Grant. They drafted Bobo late second round, who I feel will be a great sleeper pick with them. They'll get Michael Porter Jr. Uh, back this season from health. So with uh, Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Bobo off the bench, Nert, I mean, uh, Jeremy Grant coming back, and also they have the center, Jokic. They will have a great season, their young explosive team. They'll probably be that third spot behind the Clippers and the Lakers, you know, Santa's uh, next, we're going to talk about the Utah Jazz. The Jazz picked up big moves with trading for Mike Conley, and they also added Boban Bojan Bogdanovic, who's a shooter, and uh, Jeff Green, who's a, a great wing player, and Ed Davis, who can play post and is a cheaper post player than Derek Favors, who they traded to the Pelicans. Um, alongside Donovan Mitchell, who will also you know, be, a, of course, a great shooting guard and a great scorer for the team. Mike Conley is an offensive point guard who can – Settle the team down and also, you know, score 15 to 18 points a game. He can give you what you need as long as bringing back Gobert, who's also a defensive presence. I feel like this would be a great team. They're going to be challenging in, night in, night out, and they'll challenge anybody in that Western Conference for the playoffs. Next, we're going to travel to Portland, where, of course, you still have that dynamic duo, CJ and Damian Lillard. Um, they also added Hassan Whiteside. I don't know how that's going to work out once Nurkic comes back because, I mean, Whiteside is a defensive center. Nurkic is an offensive center. Maybe they'll rotate him in now. They also added Kim Bazemore, who's a great wing defender and a wing scorer. They re-signed Rodney Hood. They drafted Nazir Little, who was in the late first round, but I feel like he will give them great uh, production. 
he can score it. He can play defense. He can rebound. Nazir Little was really one of those players that many people expected to go in the, in the lottery or at least the first, you know, 17 picks. But he ended up dropping down to the later first round. They lost Aminu, Seth Curry, and Turner Mo Harkless, which Seth Curry was a shooter for him. Aminu and Mo Harkless played great defense for him. Evan Turner was a guy who can come in and give you 8 to 10 points and set up an offense while Damian, Siller, Damian and CJ uh, played off the ball. So we'll see how that works out for him. But also, I feel like this Portland team is, is going to be a good team. You all, you always know what you're going to get with Dame and CJ because those two guys are going to go for 25 to 30 points a night each other. So we'll see how that works out for them. They'll end up around probably the fourth, fifth seed in the Western Conference Finals as well. Next, a sleeper team who people think have gone away, the Golden State Warriors. Of course, they lost KD. And in my opinion, yes, they lost KD. But they got back a great young asset in D'Angelo Russell by tra- uh, doing the sign-and-trade with Kevin Durant. And while a lot of people think that the Warriors have just, like, gone down, they'll still be in com- uh, competition with the uh, high-top teams, especially once Clay comes back, whenever that may be. But you still have Steph, Draymond, and you got a great asset in D'Angelo Russell, who Russell can also shoot it, score it anywhere, assist, facilitate anything he needs. He can do it for that team. You still have Steph, who's going to shoot the ball, shoot the lights out at the ball, and he's still going to give you 30 points a night. Draymond's going to hustle and play great defense. One of the key losses they lost was Andre Iguodala, who was a great player off the bench, who could defend and rebound and also score need be. They also lost Sean Livingston off waves, which will hurt them depth-wise off the bench. A great pickup they did get was a big man in Willie Colley-Stein, he can run the floor, he can defend, and he will score it around the basket, which can help them in the long term. We'll see. I feel like the Warriors will probably make a great run late as far as when they get Clay back. And also they will figure out by playoff time how to get back to semifinals or with some conference finals. That's a team that they can sneak up on anybody with Clay, Steph, Draymond, and also D'Angelo Russell. Those guys can, can score it. I mean – as much as we want to say it, Clay can still score it. He's going to shoot it from anywhere. Steph Curry shoots it from anywhere. DeAndre Russell's a great scorer who can get to the basket, mid-range, and he can also shoot the three. So them three guys can really do a lot for you. Of course, DeAndre Russell is not a Kevin Durant, but he can still give you a 18, 25 points a night any given night that he wants to. So we'll see how that works for them. They'll be the sixth through eight range in the regular season, but will be one of those teams who will ascend up in the playoffs because they have great experience and Clay will be back to help them out defensively. Next, I'm going to talk about the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks who have the rookie of the year, Luka Doncic. Uh, They also have Porzingis who will be coming off an injury. They uh, signed him to an extension. And I feel like those two is a dynamic duo that most people are not looking at because Luka's so young, and Porzingis hasn't played in a while because of uh, injury. But those two guys can probably get a get a good little amount of wins. They also added Steph, Seth Curry and DeLon Wright, who both can shoot and score the basketball. And they all, uh, also added a big man in Boban from the 76ers. So they got a pretty all-around good team. Uh, it just depends on Porzingis' health and how he comes back with being on injury. Next, we have the San Antonio Spurs. And... In my opinion, the Spurs are always going to be the Spurs. Their Coach Pop is going to be the greatest coach maybe of all time when it's said and done. Um, right now, he has, of course, DeMar DeRozan, Marcus Aldridge, 
They'll get DeJounte Murray back this year. Um, they signed Rudy Gay back, and they added Damari Carroll. They drafted a couple of great young prospects in Keldon Johnson and Quindary Weatherspoon. Weatherspoon averaged 19 points a game in the summer league for the Spurs. And they also have Lonnie Walker back, who averaged 30 points in the summer league this year. Those three guys in Keldon Johnson, Quindary Witherspoon, and Lonnie Walker will have to do a great job of scoring for the Spurs off the bench because, of course, you have DeMar DeRozan. You'll have DeJounte Murray back. He'll give you a couple points and great assist minutes. And you also have Patty Mills, who also give you points and assists. So they'll have a great mix of young and old guys. That's always what the Spurs do, though. And that's just how they're going to play. Coach Pop's going to teach them the way they're always going to be competitive. And they'll make sure that on any given night, they can beat anybody. So we'll just have to figure out how much they, you know, take in the chemistry and bond of each other and get right with that. Next, we're going to talk about the Kings. The Kings had a, had a pretty okay offseason. I mean, it wasn't any major moves. I mean, they signed back Harrison Barnes, which, I mean, honestly, like, he wasn't going to get that kind of money that he got with them from anybody else. So I'm glad Harrison Barnes did get some money. They added Ariza, who will be a great 3 and D player for them. They also added Dwayne Deadman and Corey Joseph, who are going to be tough guys who play defense. Corey Joseph can also score the ball for them. They drafted Kyle Guy, who averaged 16.8 points in Summer League, who was really a great pickup for them because he can be that backup point guard behind De'Aaron Fox, or he can play alongside De'Aaron Fox because um, Kyle Guy can score the basketball. He can shoot the lights out. So we'll have to see how they decide to put that in the lineup-wise. And uh, Buddy Hill also will come back. He's a great shooter for him as well. They'll be pretty tough and pretty competitive. I mean, I don't know how competitive they'll be for a playoff spot. I have them maybe around the 9 and 10 spot trying to fight for AFC. But we'll just have to see how that goes. Next, I have the Pelicans. And the Pelicans, um, they had a pretty fantastic offseason. I mean, to get rid of Anthony Davis and still have the same kind of excitement you have around your team that they have now, you can't be mad. They got the number one pick in Zion Williamson, who's going to be a great player for the next 15 years. They also drafted another big in Jackson Hayes, who was putting up fabulous numbers in summer league this year. And they also drafted Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who is like Shea Gilder-Alexander's cousin. So, I mean, they got some pretty good draft picks. And, but to lose AD and Julius Randle, that's tough. But they also got Lonzo Ball, Josh Hart, and Brandon Ingram back in that trade. So... They can be competitive on any night. They're going to be a young, talented, and exciting team to watch because you have so much young core, which their young core will grow. And maybe in the next, you know, two, three years, they'll be able to be in the competitive balance of the, the five seeds in the West or whatever. But right now, they're, they're still young. They still have to learn a lot. But, hey, I feel like they'll be a competitive team, and they'll be a team that you can't sleep on. But as well, they're not going to be, able, you know, to be in that top eight. Next, I have the T-Wolves. They really didn't make a bunch of big moves either. They lost Derrick Rose to the Pistons, Tyus Jones to the Grizzlies. They lost Todd Gibson. They didn't get anybody back. I mean, it, it just wasn't a great summer for them. They didn't get any better to me. The Grizzlies, they, I mean, they've got some good pickups. We're waiting to see if they're going to trade Iguodala or buy out Iguodala or if they're going to buy out Dwight Howard. But they also got great pickups in young additions as Josh Jackson, who's a young and upcoming player. 
Grayson Allen, who's a young and upcoming player. They drafted John Moran, Brandon Clark. Brandon Clark, who was a summer league MVP. So he's going to give them a lot of scoring off the bench. John Morant, of course, we all know what he can, can do. He will give you 18 and 12 a night. He will produce. He's going to be the point guard of the future. Uh, we'll see in the next five, six years, he's going to be up there as the as one of the elite point guards, in my opinion. I mean, eventually, Kyrie and them, they're, they're going to decline. And John Morant's like that next step of up-and-coming point guards who's going to be able to to really go off and just get you 25 and, and 10 every night if he even wants to. Putting him alongside of Jaron Jackson, who will be back from injury, and re-signing Valanciunas, who can also pop out and shoot and will be a post player down low. I feel like this can be a good team to be competitive as well. They're young, other than Valanciunas, of course. He's he's old, but he's he's still producing the way that they need him to produce. Jaron Jackson and John Morant will be one of those dynamic duos in the future who will eventually, you know, ascend up and keep getting better and better. And hopefully they can bring their team up there in the playoffs one of these years in the next next five or six years. Next, I'm going to talk about the Phoenix Suns. The Suns really didn't uh, – I didn't I didn't see anything really that they got better in. I mean, they got a point guard in Rubio who can uh, kind of facilitate for Devin Booker. But as far as, in my opinion, I kind of wanted them to get a point guard in the draft. I would have rather them have got like a, a Kobe White instead of trading that pick. I would have rather them got Kobe White. Or, um, well, Darius Garland was going at five, but Kobe White was still down the board. I would have rather them got them. But they did pick up Jalen LeCue through a, a sign. He wasn't drafted, but he signed with them. He's going to be a great player. He's an athletic point guard who reminds me kind of a baby Westbrook. He's not as, like, ball dominant as Westbrook, but he can get you where he needs to go. He can get to the rim. He's working on his jumper. He's only 19. So, I mean, he has a couple years to really develop and get into that. But in a couple years, if you see a backup backcourt of Jalen LeCue, Devin Booker, and then your your small forward is Cam Johnson. That'll be a great young core to, to really, you know, produce for you in the, in the coming years. Next and last team I'm going to talk about is the Thunder. They had a tough offseason. Uh, also, they, as well, they traded away their two best players in Paul George and, CP, and uh, Russell Westbrook. But they did get CP3 back in exchange, and they have 15 draft picks over the course of the next six years. I mean, of course, you don't expect them to get, you know, a Kevin Durant or a Russell Westbrook again. But we also never know what they can get in the next, you know, six years with those all those first round draft picks that they do have. Um, we're looking they're looking to see about Chris Paul. I'm pretty sure they're not going to keep Chris Paul, but we'll see have to see what they decide to do. Um, Chris Paul's destination is to Miami. But as well, if I feel like if he gets bought out, he'll have to realize that he's not the same Chris Paul. He'll have to get a better and minimum contract now because he's 34. He's not the same Chris Paul that we saw in in uh, L.A. or um, Houston, I mean uh, New Orleans. He's not the same Chris Paul. So he has to just come. He wants. He needs to be one of those players who will come and produce for a competitive team. So my opinion. I mean, of course, I'm a Lakers fan. So I'd say like. Get a better minimum with the Lakers. Why not? Go play with LeBron. I understand Rondo and Chris Paul have, have beef, but if I'm the Lakers and Chris Paul wants to sign for a better minimum, I'm sorry, Rondo, but, hey, Chris Paul's better than you. He's always been better than you. You had – I mean, he's just better. I mean, he doesn't have to have the ball. You need – Rondo needs the ball to succeed. Chris Paul can spot up and play defense. He's not going to be the same defensive stopper that he once was – 
but he still can play defense. He still can be valuable on a championship team, and that's probably why I say if he's bought out, that he can go into the Lakers and be a – even if he doesn't start, he can come off the bench and still give you 15 a game off of just standstill shooting if, if he just has to do that. So we'll just see how that goes with Chris Paul. I wish the best for him because that's one of my favorite point guards of all time. So we'll have to see how that goes. And for my Western Conference prediction standings, I'm going to go with number one, the Clippers, number two, the Lakers, number three, the Nuggets, four, the Rockets, five, Jazz, six, Golden State, seven, Portland, and eight, the Dallas Mavericks. Next, we're going to go to the Eastern Conference where I'm going to start off with the 76ers who took a big loss with Jimmy Butler because now they don't really have a closer to close the games out. But they also picked up great additions in Al Horford, who can be a defensive presence on the team on the court, and Josh Richardson, who can play defense and also can shoot threes with the basketball. They also extended Ben Simmons' um, contract to five years, one hundred seventy million, and that was a big question for me: is does Big Simmons, does Ben Simmons really deserve that at this point? And right now, probably doesn't. But you also have to look at potential. I know we've been waiting on a jump shot. And so hopefully with his potential of signing this five-year deal that he will incorporate that jumper somehow, some way. They need to, he needs to be that player that can take over games for them. I mean, you can't really count on Joel Embiid to, to end games for you. I mean, you really don't count on big men to do that. So hopefully Ben Simmons can ascend that jumper and at least get a mid-range. That way teams have to guard him. Because lately in the past couple of years, teams haven't had to really step out and guard. They can they can sit back at the free throw line and just let him stand there and dribble until the to, um, the offense is being ran. Next, I'm gonna go with the Boston Celtics. Um, of course, they lost Kyrie. Of course, they, I just said they lost Al Horford, but they picked up Kimba Walker, who's a great addition to them. We'll have to see how Kimba fits in with the team because, as we saw last year, Kyrie really didn't fit in with those guys. And as much as I hate it for them, they had a great team last year. They lost Al Horford, who was a great defender and a great center for them. They got Ennis Cantor back, but I still don't feel like he's on the same level as Al Horford. But Kimba's going to be something to watch this year. Uh, I feel like him and those young guys and Gordon Hayward can can figure out what they didn't do right last year and and work with Kimba, who can be, you know, kind of, he probably is going to be a more of a team player and a leader than Kyrie was. But we'll just have to wait and see how the Celtics play out. Next, we'll talk about the Brooklyn Nets, who gained, of course, the arguably the best player in the NBA in Kevin Durant, and also brought with him Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan. Not this year. They won't be productive unless Kevin Durant comes back unexpectedly. But next year, these guys will be probably at top of the Eastern Conference, uh, Eastern Conference standings and will be able to match up probably in the NBA championship because with the lineup of Kyrie, KD and DeAndre Jordan, you have a little bit of – you got scoring, you got defense, you got anything you need on that team right there. They also have great young players in Spencer Dinwiddie and uh, Karis LeVert. So those guys are helping. I feel like this Brooklyn team is going to be pretty dangerous this year, even without KD, but they won't be a – they probably won't be a championship contending team unless KD decides to come back early. And he needs to make sure he's fully healthy before he does that because we don't want to see another, you know – Injury like it will happen in Golden State. Next, I'm going to talk about the Hornets, 
who, of course, lost Kimba Walker and didn't get any better by signing Rozier. Rozier uh, is a poor man's Kimba Walker, if that. So, I mean, they really didn't add anything that, to make him any better. They still have horrible contracts on their roster, like Nick Batum and Marvin Williams, who are getting paid extremely too much. So they really can't get any free agency if they even wanted to. But they're not going to be any kind of good, in my opinion. Uh, Terry Rozier's your starting point guard. He's never started as a point guard, honestly, and been successful for real. I mean, he had those playoff runs, but he wasn't really the one who was creating most of the thing. It was Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. So we'll have to see how he evolves into that role. But the Charlotte Hornets probably will not be any kind of uh, competitive with that. Next, we'll talk about the Heat. And, of course, the Miami Heat lost one of the all-time greats in Dwayne Wade from retirement. We wish D-Wade the best. He's going to be enjoying life. I understand that. And so they gained Jimmy Butler, who is, who is a great player as of right now. He's He can play defense. He can score from wherever. I hate to see him go from Philly, but I love that he he decided to go on his own to Miami because he wanted to be in a new scenery. Philadelphia just wasn't it for him. They also got Tyler Harrell who averaged 19 points in summer league this year. He was great. He could shoot the ball. He can score the ball. Tyler Harrow is going to be a great player in a couple years. I mean, right now he's going to be that player who catches his shoots off of Jimmy Butler. And even if he has to, maybe, you know, score with the second team. But the offense won't get ran through him. But he still will be a great player for the Heat this year. And the Heat will probably be a, a competitive team, but they're not going to be on that level of the Bucks or the Celtics or the 76ers just because they don't have that second star. If they do decide to, to go get that second star, whether it be CP3 or Bradley Bill, then we can talk about that later. But as of right now, Jimmy by himself is not going to lead you to a, a championship team. It's just not. The, the league now is in dy- dynamic duos. And so with all the du- duos you have – 76ers, Boston, the Nets, whenever KD does come back. Jimmy just can't beat those guys. He, he's not, it's not him right now. Next, we're going to talk about the Raptors who lost. I mean, they, they won the championship, of course, but they lost Kyle Kawhi, and they also lost Denny Green. So your best player now is Kyle Lowry, who's a, an inconsistent point guard. Um, in my opinion, he's not an all-star. I, I can't, I can't give him that. Like, Yes, he's a good player, but he has times where it's Kyle Lowry for 16 and 10, and it's Kyle Lowry for two points and one rebound and one assist. And it's just like, where did you go? I mean, he doesn't really give you much. I mean, you're going to have Pascal Siakam, who's going to be probably the best player. But even then, I mean, he's, he's not a Kawhi. He's not a Giannis. So, I mean, he still has to get better. Kyle Lowry, I just don't believe in. Mark Gasol's getting old, but he can help you some. I mean, Fran Van, Fred Van Fleet's going to give you some points off the bench. But, I mean, other than that, you're not getting a lot of production as, as far as a championship competitive team. And it sucks because they did just win. And it's tough to go from I'm on top to now I'm, like, fighting for an eight seed or something like that. So we'll see how Toronto plays out. Of course, I just, I mean, I don't see them being in the top five of the Eastern Conference Finals. But we'll have to wait and see. It just depends on what's going on with that. Um, next, we're going to talk about the Chicago Bulls, who added Thaddeus Young and also added Kobe White to their young core. Kobe White averaged 15 points a game in the summer league. He'll be a great player to watch throughout the um, to really watch throughout these 
this uh, season because with the lineup of him, Zach Levine, Wendell Carter, Thaddeus Young, and then the guy they drafted last year, they'll be pretty good young core. I mean, they're a young core who who will learn from Thaddeus Young, who's a veteran, but their young core will grow and they'll be able to, you know, eventually compete. They're going to be a competitive team this year, but I don't think they'll be, you know, championship contenders, of course, but they'll compete. Night in, night out. They'll compete. Next, we have to talk about the Detroit Pistons, who still have Blake Griffin. They still have the under, uh, they still have um, Luke Kennard. They still have Andre Drummond. And they signed Derrick Rose, who who you saw at the end of last season. He got his legs back. Derrick Rose has really started playing back the way he was. I mean, he's not explosive, but he can still go for 20 every night. So with with um Derrick Rose combined with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, I feel like they can be a competitive team in the East. I mean, that's three great players right there. Especially if Derrick Rose plays the way that he knows how to play, and he plays last semester, uh, last season, he can help him out a lot. Uh, Blake Griffin will have to you know do a lot of work for them, and Andre Drummond will have to do a lot of work for them. But they still will be a great competitive team. Indiana, once Victor Oladipo comes back, they'll be a great team as well. They also got uh, Malcolm Brogdon. The big thing is they lost Darren Collison to retirement, and they lost Bohan Bogdanovich, who's a shooter who left to Utah. So they will have to be uh, – they'll have to find someone to space the floor for Victor Oladipo and Malcolm Brogdon because those two guys love to score it. Malcolm Brogdon can shoot, of course. He can shoot, he can score. He's pretty good. I hate that he left the Bucks, but he still has to – Deal with not having Victor Oladipo for the first probably a couple months because we'll have to see how Victor Oladipo's health is coming. Next, we're going to talk about the Bucks, the the team that I feel like will still be on top. They'll still be one or two in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Of course, they lost Brogdon, who can shoot it and play with the ball in his hand. But they gained Wesley Matthews, who can shoot as well. Of course, he's not the same Wesley Matthews who can score back in Portland, but he can shoot the ball really well. They lost Miritich, who was a shooter as well. Um, they gained Robin Lopez, but he's more of a uh, you know a big center. He doesn't really play outside the paint, so we'll have to see how that fits with their system because they already have Giannis, who loves to drive. Now, hopefully Giannis has spent his time this summer working on the jump shot. You saw it last season that he did start shooting threes and mid-range jumpers, but in the playoffs, as you saw Kawhi do, he showed that Giannis needed a jumper. He showed that Giannis could not score without going towards the basket. So we'll have to wait and see to, uh, what exactly Giannis has been working on this summer. Um, he just came off an of MVP season, so we'll see how he can produce even more because that jump shot is is needed for him. It is. But they still be a top seed, one or two in the Eastern House Finals, and compete for a championship. Next, we'll have the Knicks. And as Stephen A. said, I'm disappointed. How can you not offer Kevin Durant a max contract? I don't care if he's hurt. He's better than every player they signed this summer, even even on 80%. So you don't want to sign Kevin Durant, but you sign Julius Randle. You sign Bobby Portis. They play the same position. You sign Reggie Bullock. You sign Wayne Ellington. For what? You don't want to offer KD. So that's they had no good offseason out of that. But they did get something good in R.J. Barrett, who will be a young player who can score at will. He'll give you probably 15 points to 20 points a night. They still have Kevin Knox, who will be a great player. 
Alonzo Trier would be a good player for him. Those two guys would be a great young core for him. Julius Randle working there some, and uh, Mitchell Robinson working there some. So, yeah, I mean, of course they missed out on, on two of the great free agencies in KD and Kawhi. But, I mean, hey, maybe in a couple of years with their young core, they'll be able to, you know, compete for a, 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 um, a seed in the playoffs. This year I just don't see it. But maybe, you know, three years from now, they'll be able to, you know, sign somebody in free agency and be able to compete for a spot. The Cavs, they didn't lose anybody. I mean, they, they weren't playing J.R. Smith already, so they really didn't lose him. But they added Darius Garland, who's going to be a great player. Um, I don't know why they got Darius Garland, though, because they have Colin Sexton. And so, I mean, of course, unless they're playing both of them at the one and the two at the same time, I mean, that that could work, but they're also both small guards. So, I mean, I don't see how that would work defensively. But offensively, Darius Garland can catch and shoot. He can create. He can do anything you need him on the floor as a point guard. Colin Sexton's more of a scoring guard. He's not going to create, but he also can't shoot as good as Darius Garland. So, they have questions in that um, in that lineup as well. So, we'll have to figure out how that goes for them. They also got Kevin Porter, who's going to be a tough defensive player and can score the basketball very well at the two spot. So we'll just have to figure out. They have great guards for the future. We'll just have to see how they're going to put those guards together and compete. Um, they probably won't be in the talk for the, the top eight seeds, but we'll just figure see how that works out for them. They'll have a couple years before, like the Knicks as well, to where you have to just wait and see. The Hawks, on the other hand, they did a great drop, great job with drafting players and getting players around Trey Young. They have Trey Young, of course. You still have John Collins. You got DeAndre Hunter in the draft. You got Cameron Reddish in the draft, who are both going to be great players. DeAndre Hunter is a great defender and also can shoot the ball. Cam Reddish is one of my sleepers for real because they said he dropped off because at Duke he didn't give you what you needed, but he also was a third option. He didn't. He never went from he went from high school being that number one option to now I'm like okay I'm a third option. I just stand here and shoot the ball. So, of course, I mean, number's going to drop. He's not going to play the same. He's not used to that. So, I mean, he has to, I mean, now he's getting back to where he has to be that guy. I mean, him and Trey Young will probably be your two top scorers on that team because Trey Young's the point guard. Of course, he's going to give you 18 and 10. But Cam Reddish is that, is that next guy who can score for him. They also added Evan Turner, who's going to be off the bench. Alan Crabb, who's going to be a shooter off the bench. Jabari Parker, who can score. Still, to this day, he'll probably start that fourth position. And they're going to be pretty competitive. The Hawks might be an eight seed this year. I mean, I mean, if they might, they can compete for an eight seed this year with those players they got right now. So we'll have to see. Atlanta's going to be pretty exciting to see, though. The Magic, they brought back most of the same team. They dropped, uh, they drafted Chumo Okiki with the 16th pick. He's coming off an ACL ter- uh, tear in they say a tournament, so I don't know if he's going to play this year or not. But once he do come back, he's going to produce a lot of buckets. He, he was great for Auburn in that run before he tore his ACL. Next, we're going to talk about the Wizards. Um, they got IT. I don't know if that's a big addition because we don't know what IT we're going to get. But if IT can get back to where, I mean, hey, if he can get back to where he gives you 18 points a game off the bench, then, hey, it's a great pickup. They still have, they'll have John Wall coming off that injury. The big thing is, will they have Bradley Bill? I mean, Apparently, he's he wants out, but we'll see if he wants out or not. We'll see if they trade him. The Heat are a destination that would like Bradley Bill. We'll see if they can come to trade talks. I mean, they did pick up Ruha Chumru, 
With the number nine pick, he averaged 19 points a game in summer league, so he's going to be great as a power forward for them. So we'll just have to see. They signed Admiral Schofield, who they drafted also this year. So, I mean, they'll have some pretty young players. I mean, we'll see if John Wall can come back, if Bradley Bill stays on the Wizards or not. We just have to figure that out and see, wait and see what's going to happen. But, I mean, once we decide, once they figure that out, we'll see how the Wizards pick uh, come out. They might can get an eighth seed, depending on if they keep Bradley Bill, John Wall. They might. Would I mean, I don't know. My prediction for the Eastern Conference, though, would be Bucks 1, 76ers 2, Brooklyn 3, Boston 4, Indiana at 5, Miami at 6, Detroit at 7, and 8. I got the Wizards, just depending on John Wall's health, depending on if they can keep Bradley Bill, depending on how uh, Hachumru comes in and plays for them as a power forward, and also if IT can come back and be any kind of productive. I mean, if he can't, then somebody else will slide in there, like the Hawks. That'll, that'll be a, that'll probably be the nine seed for the Eastern Conference Finals because the Hawks can actually, you know, they've actually gotten better. They have a young core. They have a mix of veterans who can help out. They still have Vince Carter who can help out. So, I mean, they can fit in for that, that eighth spot and fight for it. So, we'll just have to see how everything goes with the Eastern Conference Finals. But, I mean, that's my predictions. Um, in the championship, I predict the Lakers and I also predict the 76ers. That's without Kevin Durant being healthy, though. If Kevin Durant comes back healthy before April, hey, it could be a different story with that because that lineup of Kyrie, Katie, and DeAndre Jordan versus LeBron, Kuzma, and Anthony Davis, hey, that'll be a great, great championship matchup. And, of course, I'm going to go with the Lakers to win it all this year. With LeBron, I really – I mean, I can't bet against LeBron anymore, man. Like – I'm not a LeBron fan, but after seeing what he done, what he did in Cleveland that last year in Cleveland, leading when your best player was J.R. Smith to a championship, I can't be mad. I mean, I have to bet on LeBron. And now you have Anthony Davis. Now you have Kyle Kuzma, who's an ascending player. You also put players like Avery Bradley and Danny Green, who's going to shoot the ball and play defense for him. He has a perfect mix of guys who can just play defense and, play, and shoot threes. Jared Dudley's going to be a tough guy for him. They have guys who can produce for LeBron off of just stand and shoot. So, I mean, we'll see how that matches up. But my prediction is the Los Angeles Lakers winning the 2020 NBA championship. And with that, that is all for the Sideline Story first episode. Thank you. Again, my name is Justin Benson. Please like, subscribe, comment. Let me know how you feel about my predictions and each team. Thank you so much. And you guys have a nice day. Peace.